All right. So now we're going to hit you with some questions about the the project, you know, the album, things you actually know about. Um, so, so Luke, lead us off. So uh, my first question, this is just after listening to this album. Talk about how your mom taught you how to rap. Like, can she actually spit? <laughs> nah, so... <laughs> So my uncle was a Christian rapper, like just in the area. And so he was writing my stuff. And then um, there's a video online um, where my mom was teaching me the rap that he wrote. So like my mom was breaking it down for me. Um, and it was my mom, my, my dad was recording and my mom was, you know what I'm saying? In the house gown, whatever, teaching me to rap, getting frustrated cause I was like three years old, you know what I'm saying? And my pops was just cracking up at me, so. Um, yeah, that's that's when she was saying like I, she taught me how to rap. So oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like when I when I was younger, cause I started rapping when I was three, and so he my uncle was writing my stuff till I was about seven. Um, then he moved away, had twin boys, um, got married and all that. Um, I like chilled for a while, and then when I turned twelve, that's when I um, got saved for myself, cause I grew up in church, and so that's when I say about twelve when I got a relationship with God for myself. And so that's when I started like figuring out how to write and stuff for myself. So yeah, I've been writing ever since. And you've been writing a song a day, right? Yeah. I remember you told me that you did that for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was about 14, 15, um, my pops challenged me to do a song a day. Uh, so I was doing that for, I don't know, like a few months, like a, a song a day. It was crazy. And then when I moved to Nashville, it was kind of like, it was like normal. Like I was in the studio every day and so I was just making a song a day. So you mentioned the word, I believe it was relationship just a few seconds ago in passing. And this is actually one of the comments that I want to talk to you about because you're bringing out two of your friends, Paris Cariz and not Clyde with you for the upcoming two up two down tour, who yeah. you also collaborated with on Water For Me last year. Yeah. And I think if there's one thing that's really clear with your generation of CHH artists, so I'm talking Paris Cariz, not Clyde, Indie Tribe, What Up RG, 1K few. It's that you guys have a huge collaborative spirit about you. You guys are always making music together. You guys are always interacting with one another. Yeah. Uh, so I think what I wanted to ask you is, can you talk to us a little bit about the heart in creating together and where competition comes into play in any of your relationships? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say like early on, like before, I'll say before 2019, like I was straight competition. Like <laughs> I was like, I really didn't have a lot of friends. Like I had a couple like deal and stuff like that, but I was just straight competition. Like if you were, if you was in my age bracket, like I was trying to kill you. Not even age bracket, but like, you know what I'm saying? A newcomer, like I was trying to, I was trying to destroy you. Um, and then I say about not by chance time when I dropped my first album, um, I just kind of had a different like approach, like different people were talking to me and uh, I just kind of grew in that area. And so I just started spending a lot of time with them. And then um, at first, like Paris was probably the first guy that like I really got close with. Um, everyone else I'm close with, but like Paris was in my wedding type stuff. So um, we just got close quick. And um, yeah, I think it's just natural. Like now, like we kind of just know, like we all have different lanes. And um, like, I think we're kind of comfortable in what we do, the lanes that we have, like RG has a, I don't make no type of music like RG, RG don't make no type of music like Dill, you know what I'm saying, they don't make music like me, so yeah, I just think it's kind of like us realizing that, 
and also like taking notes from like the OGs and stuff. Cause that's that's something that Derek been telling me from the grit, like, man, like y'all gotta come together, whatever. And I wasn't trying to hear it, but you can ask like I was not trying to hear it. I was like, man, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm about to just be doing my thing, but I think it's all going to that now. So it's dope. It's dope. It's it's really funny you mentioned that because I was gonna say back in 2018 when I did that interview with you, when we were talking about collaboration, this is an exact quote, what you told me. You said, I ain't with the foolery. I'm not compromising. I'm in my own lane. You don't ever see me just being with someone because it's cool. I'm really in my own lane. I'm happy about that. I don't have to be seen with anyone's favorite rapper to know my worth to God. That's the place I'm trying to stay. Still giving people God, still giving people my life, all that, and giving people hope. So I was going to ask you what changed but you kind of, you just explained it. So it's, it's funny. And yeah, it is yeah. funny. I mean, you I still, yeah. Go ahead. I sound mad in that for sure. But <laughs> I still, <laughs> some, some of that is still true though. Like, I think, I think at that time, like, because all of us younger was coming up, like the new generation, like, I feel like a lot of people was just like looking for cosigns. And because I didn't have those certain cosigns and CJ or whatever people saw me differently and so I was definitely tight about it but uh <laughs> I think uh now yeah like you said like what changes just like growth like getting older like you know what I'm saying I was I was 19 so yeah. I'm like 22 23 now it's like I know that's not a big difference but to me like it's just it's it's a big difference because I've grown a lot in the past years and so I think <clears throat> the best thing that I've done is like collaborate on music because before it was just all me, like me and the me and the producer. Like, I don't I don't want to hear a word that you have to say about a song that I'm doing or nothing. Like that's how it was. But now, not like that. Like I feel like music is collaboratory, so um, it's dope. I like doing music, like collaborating with people. Yeah, and the trajectory like lines up perfectly because you came to to that Rapzilla event that we had did in Atlanta when right. not by chance came out. Yeah, and I interviewed yeah. you on the rooftop and you were like super promo mode. Every time I asked you a question, you were like, oh, by the way, not by chance, not oh, by God. chance, not by chance. But, but you know, there were so many other rappers there and you were like among everybody and talking and everybody yeah. performed. And then so many collaborations came out of that. So I was like, wow. Like that was literally, that was, literally that was the point, like, the point, yeah, right? Yeah, that was the point. That was the point. I had just came back because RG had just did St. Holy Tour. Um, and he invited me out to Miami. Like he just flew me out to Miami, um, or Orlando, Orlando to um, like be a special guest or whatever. And so I was just chilling with them all out there. We drove, we drove, I drove with them to to Atlanta for that event. So like at that moment, like we was just that's when it was changing for me. Like so that's crazy. Yeah, that's dope. Glad uh, we could be a small a small part of. <laughs> you're maturing into a, amazing collaborations. Push up, push up. All right, cut. Still speaking on collaborations, Mr. A.A. Ron. Yeah. Yes, we want to talk about, you know what I'm saying? You and Pavis was collaborating on Above Me. You addressed some of the rah-rah that cats be talking, you know what I mean, on across social media. And decided to know that you heard everything, but you decided to take the high road. Man, you so mature, you know what I'm saying? Now, you also talk a lot of GOAT talk on Twitter. You talk a lot of go talk. I talk a lot of go talk. Yeah, bro. As you have gathered. Yes, sir. But sometimes, you know what I mean? I be feeling, because you know, you be getting to accolade. You're like, hey, bro. You know what I'm saying? But you can't do it like me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? when you gather so many accolades and you reach such a high level at such a young age, as an artist, how do you navigate the thin line between being confident and being proud? Um, yeah, so I think, like, so going back to, I'll, I'll address the two things you said. So the Twitter thing, like, I do be getting tight because I be feeling like, like, not y'all, because y'all, y'all, Rapzilla don't be really doing no, like, list like that, except uh, freshman list, which is like, I'm not a freshman, so. You already made that, so, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so you've been there like, already. But, but there'd be sites that'd be like, I don't know, you talking about, like, top guys or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And they just be forgetting about me type, you know what I'm saying? And so that's that's usually where that stems from. Like it, I I'll see something and then I'll I'll make a tweet. <laughs> I and I might go back and delete it, but if I'm still feeling the next day, I'll keep it up. So that that'd be the Twitter stuff. Like I'll be I'll be seeing lists and stuff like that. And I'll be like, bro, what is going on? Like, anyways, above me, I was like, I'm I think wrapping it up of like where I'm at now. Like, I think I said all I needed to say on above me of like. Yo, like it's all above me now. Like I, I, I felt this way. You know what I'm saying? I felt like y'all been sleep. I felt like I've done all these things and y'all kind of sleeping on it. But at the end of the day, which is answering your question of like, like confident, confidence and prideful, it's like I know that God. You know what I'm saying? God is proud of me. So whatever people, whatever people may say, whatever sites may say, whatever, um, I know God is proud of me of what I'm doing, and so. I could just, you know what I'm saying, be confident of that and let the other stuff pass by me. So that's really what Above Me was about, like just talking about getting to this new place of where like, okay, all this stuff is above me now. So, yeah. Which is a, like, it's a, not to go back in, but like, it's a it's a tricky line to do though, like being confident and being proper just because we're artists, like everywhere we're going, people are telling us that we're dope, you know? So. Um, facts, plus rap is a competitive sport, you know what right. I mean? Right. Like if, if you're if you're on a record with somebody, you ain't you're not trying to be like, yo, I'm gonna be the wackest on there. You're like, nah, yeah, I'm trying to be the your boots, sir. I'm proud. Right. See what I mean? I'm finna, I'm finna, I'm finna roast. Yeah. They're gonna run my joint back, they're gonna go back to the lines. And it's really not you, it's really, I feel like as 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 like an artist, it's not you trying to be prideful, it's you saying, I'm gonna give God my best while yeah. A brother that I believe in his talent so much that I want to make sure that that we keep pace. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Well, on a on a similar note to Cut's question, uh, Aaron, on the song "Front Row," you spit the line, "If I could, I would take the money without the fame." So I wanted to address that for a second. Ask you, what was the moment where you realized there was a degree of celebrity to your artistry? It wasn't just this pure art form. And what effect did that realization have on the way that you've chosen to conduct yourself while making music? Um, yeah, I think I don't know what the point was where I, where I felt like there was a point of celebrity, but I just know, like, writing that line, it was kind of like. I get sick of being on sometimes, you know, like, like I went to the mall with my with my wife in Nashville, like, and I don't I don't get stopped a lot, but like, if I go to the mall, like I get stopped and I be kind of tight because I be in like my slides, you know what I'm saying? Like I be just trying to chill. Like I go to the grocery store, like and unmatching like shirts and a hoodie, like 
I'm not trying to be taking pictures. So it's like, <laughs> sometimes it'd be just getting annoying. Like, I like it sometimes, but sometimes it's just like, dang, like, I just kind of want to not worry about if I'm, you know, saying there's someone there that I have to, because, because perfect, perfect, perfect example. Like, so boom, I'm at this show like a month ago. Like, I'm at this show, I'm chilling backstage, but it's one of those backstages where it's like, like, you can kind of see us like so it's a it's a doorway so people are walking by they're trying to see inside of the tent and stuff like that um and i'm kind of sitting in there dolo but there's these two guys sitting there that's not supposed to be in there like they snuck they snuck in the tent so i'm trying to be nice and all that stuff but i kind of like got this defensive vibe because i'm like man they're not supposed to be in here it's kind of weird because i got my band with me they trying to change like all that kind of vibe and like fans walk by and they see me and you know what I'm saying they wave at me I wave back but I kind of just like focus on making sure my people is comfortable and like it, it came back out later in the day like they had got upset because I guess a facial expression I made you know what I'm saying when I waved at them it was like I still waved at them but a facial expression because I was focused on you know making sure my people was good made them kind of feel some type of way so I had to make that better it's just stuff like that where it's like man, I wouldn't have to worry about that if I, you know what I'm saying, wasn't famous or, you know, so it's like, I don't know, it's it's tough because I do feel like I'm, I'm called to be here and, you know what I'm saying, I, I love what I do and I feel like God, you know what I'm saying, has me in this position for a reason, but sometimes it'd be like, man, I'll just get the money from my family and make music and not be famous kind of thing. It'd be feeling like that, so. On Cook. You mentioned not wanting to end up like Lenny Cook. Can you explain to people who Lenny Cook is and why you don't want to go down that path? You, do you know who Lenny Cook is? Nah, bro. That's why I asked. I, didn't ask, bro. Nah, I, just, I knew you was asking for the people. I didn't know if you knew that. Okay. Well, nah, I, had nah. to, I had to do the Google search beforehand. I was hoping you did cut right. You did. Well, listen, you know my day is filled with rap, chicken, and comic books, bro. That's it. I know nah, it's all, it's all good. I was just checking because some people know they just ask for the people. But right. um, yeah, give for the people because most people probably wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, nah, a lot of people don't know, which I, I kind of like that. Um, but so Lenny Cook was um, like ranked higher than LeBron James in high school. So like when LeBron was on same as the same way, Lenny Cook was ranked higher than him in high school. Um, so there's this documentary on him. Um, you can find it on YouTube. It's called, I think it's called Lenny or something like that. <clears throat> you can just look up Lenny Cook movie or whatever. But um, <laughs> you see in the movie, which is crazy, he's from Virginia. So when I when I realized he was from Virginia, I was like, oh, I got to do this. Because um, I had the idea, but I was like, being too up to now, I got to do it. Um, but I remember there was a point in time where I was getting like that teenage phase. And my pops was like, just throwing me documentaries to watch. So I watched Benji, I watched Land, the Land Bias John, and this was one of the ones. But in this movie, you see Lenny was at all the camps, you know what I'm saying, the, the ABCD camps, the Nike camps, the Adidas camps, you know, um, but he was like goofing around. So he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to work out. He wasn't, he wanted to party, like you see all that. And so, so by the end of the movie, he, he enters for the draft and he doesn't get drafted. And then it shows in the end of the movie, like him, like out of shape, you know what I'm saying? Like got a bunch of kids and, you know, he's going to see Mello at the, in, in the um, Madison Square Garden, like, cause Mello used to look up Lenny Cook. So he went to the, 
Madison Square Garden and saw Melo and, you know what I'm saying, Melo doing his thing while he in the Knicks and he, bruh, Lenny looking crazy, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so that was just scary for me because I was like, man, like, bruh had all the potential in the world, but just because he didn't work, like, didn't reach his full, you know what I'm saying, potential. Um, and so that's why I was like, I had to cook. I didn't want to end up like Lenny Cook. So it's like, I don't want my potential. I don't want my, you know what I'm saying, the things that God placed in me. Because you can be talented all you want, but if you don't put that work with it, like, you're not going to make it anywhere. Um, and so, yeah, that's what the song is talking about. Like, not getting comfortable, not letting my talent, like, outbeat my work ethic. Um, all that. And then the other line of that is, which is you hear Jared Sanders at the beginning talking about, like, uh, the I'm from Virginia where ain't nothing to do but cook. That's a clip song um, called Virginia, where it's like, I'm from Virginia where ain't nothing to do with cook. They was talking about drugs, but I'm like, talking about cooking like <laughs> working you know what i'm saying so uh yeah talking about legends like lebron and now lenny cook but also this idea of potential i want to latch on to that for a second um so even though clearly the net of like who makes hip-hop and where they're from has clearly expanded it's not just like new york and california anymore i'm not sure virginia is at the top of anyone's mind when you ask them I see the way you looked. I, I, I no disrespect to Missy. No, I, I was trying to hear what you were saying, but then I got, it's not on everybody's list. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's not everyone. Virginia's not everyone's radar. No, right. no disrespect to Missy LA, no disrespect to Pharrell, no disrespect to the clips at all. Keep going. Uh, yeah, but what are some of the, the particular sort of regional experiences from growing up in VA that you carry into your music? And do you take notes from any of those legends like Missy, like the clips, like Pharrell, when you're, when you're creating? Yeah. Um... For sure. So I think, I think for me, it was kind of different because, um, like growing up, going back to what we was talking about before, like I was kind of dolo, like it wasn't really like a, it wasn't really like a Virginia scene, like when I was making music far as like in my area. So it was me and my pops, like that's, that's what it was. You know what I'm saying? um but far as like as I've gotten older and I've realized like the people that's come from it it's just crazy like it goes and this might be controversial but Chris Brown is from there you know what I'm saying uh Trey Songs is from there Pharrell like you said Timbaland um Missy um Teddy Riley like there's so many people and then go to sports we got AI the best point guard ever and then we got um Michael Vick you know what I'm saying like we got crazy people and so I think, I think far as like musically, um, Virginia, like it's not really more so like I don't have Virginia sounding music or I don't think Virginia has a sound of music. It's just more so like people that's come out of the city that's kind of made their own lane. And I think, I think that's kind of what it is for me. Like, and I always wanted to put light on that because, you know, that's, I mean, that's what the, besides showing love to Virginia, like the whole the whole album is really talking about remembering where you came from because for me um like in 2020 when I started making the album like I, I wanted to quit like because like all the pandemic stuff and all that stuff like I was like man like let me go get a real job like all the people told me when I was you know saying going to high school um but I feel like that was because I was looking at what was in front of me you know what I'm saying instead of remembering where God brought me from um and so from there, like, that's that's what helped me keep, like, keep going. Because it's like, when you think about 
the things that God brought you from it. Like it helps you keep going. Um, so yeah, not to get on that road, but I hope I answered your question. Absolutely, man. You're doing your home and your people proud. Nah, appreciate it. After leaving Virginia, you you moved in with Canon for a little bit. <laughs> For a couple yeah. of years, right? In Nashville. Yeah, You're not how do I know that? If yeah, you, if, that. if you watch you guys were like always together in lives. He was okay. you guys were always like invading each other's uh lives. I think you told me that too. What what I was gonna ask though is is living with Canon and having kind of like that older mentor at your disposal for a long time, helping you like grow into the man that's now married, you know, how how important you know, was that for you? If maybe it wasn't important, but, but like how, you know, how did that whole thing like work out that, like, you know, became like a pivotal moment in your life? Yeah. Um, I think it was important in different ways, like probably not the way that you're thinking, but I think because of the season that it was, it was important because I, my pops like was like, I'm gone at 18. Like that was his whole thing. Like I had, I had a thousand. I had a thousand dollars. That was it. And I moved. I asked Cannon if I could stay with him. And he was like, yeah. So I paid Cannon rent. So it was just like the the season of like just figuring out everything. Um and not totally being solo. You know what I'm saying? Uh I think I think it was important like that. Him and his wife like really helped me a lot just of of learning things and um yeah, I think it's just regular life stuff rather than music stuff so it's probably not the answer you were looking for no that's actually what i was trying to get at like how not that canon helped you be become a man per se but like but it was a very key point yeah right right and then you got to watch him interact with his wife and now you so get to be married yeah and well i'll say this for about canon like i i learned patience from canon because canon like he different when it comes to patience like i'm still not like he was very patient <laughs> a lot, like when dealing with his wife and all that stuff. Not to say Rich, like Rich is crazy or nothing. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, like his his level of patience and everything. He was just patient with her the whole way. So throughout this album, I heard an underlying theme of being grateful for grace showing up in your life. Has it taken yeah. a while for you to land in a place of gratitude? And what's it been like to be able to share that journey in this way? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it. I think it took a while. I think just because of, like I said, growth and maturity, like just getting older and realizing like, man, like I'm not supposed to be here. And I know I said that and if I can be honest, like I had a song shouldn't be here, but I don't think it really resonated until now. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier of just like <clears throat> having relationships with, you know what I'm saying? Artists and stuff like that. Like a, a part of that was, was prideful like a part of that was like man like I don't want to I don't want to deal with these people because I'm too hot type thing you know what I'm saying like it was definitely that type of vibe and so when I was even thinking like I talk about that a little bit in chances like when I was thinking about that I was just like man like some of these dudes don't even have to be friends with me because I I probably like treated them a certain way like coming up when you know um the whole nine and so yeah I think I'm just at a place now where it's like, man, I'm grateful where God has me and I'm grateful for where he's going to take me. And I think before I was on a wave of like, man, I'm grateful. 
but I'm just always looking for that next thing, that next thing, you know what I'm saying? That next. Yeah. So I had a question about, you know, they can't uh can't choose a side, right? I feel like this is something that a lot of people can relate to. I think as people that as we become more successful, it becomes easier not only to question the motives of those around you, but also your own motives, especially when social media comments tend to become the anchors uh, on your heart. You know, you kind of get to the place where you start to ask the hard questions as you find your center and recalibrate your way of thinking. Um, what did the process of recalibration look for you? Yeah. Um... Yeah, man, can't choose a side. I honestly didn't put it on the record. I, I I didn't want to put it on the record at first because it was just one of those personal ones. Like I was just in my room and I wrote that song. I wrote that whole thing. And I think it's like you said, the, just a relatable factor. Uh, and it, it don't even have to be like success. For me, it was successful being successful and um, trying to really, really trying to help people and really trying to, you know what I'm saying? Build relationships with people, but some people just have terrible motives. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, man, I can't tell if this person is for me or is this person just using me to get to the level that they want to get to, you know? Um, so that that was the can't choose side for me. Like I can't choose, like, because there is a there is a point of showing people grace, like God shows us grace, but it's like where where is that line and i'm still trying to figure that out like where's the line of showing these people grace and cutting these people off because it's like part of me like oh me just want to cut people off be like oh you show me who you are like i'm good on you but there is a part of me which is you know what i'm saying the holy spirit in me of like man okay there's some point where i have to show some grace um because i just think like sometimes if you if you're working with people or whatever, and they're kind of not at the position that they want to be, they look like not even on purpose, but they look, they look at everything like, oh, this is my, this is my next shot. This is my next thing. You know what I'm saying? And it causes friction because I'm like, man, I'm just working. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Trying to have fun. I'm just trying to look out for everybody, whatever. And it gets to a place where it's like, man, nah, you ain't do this. Like, you ain't. and I'm like, oh, this kind of makes me feel like you just, wanted this because you want to be at that level or you want to, you know what I'm saying, retire off <laughs> my record or something, you know? Uh, so, so yeah, that's kind of what I was talking about, but I feel like it could be anything. Like it's, it's kind of like that movie or not that movie, but movies and TV shows of like when they have an angel on one side and a demon on the other side, you got to kind of figure out which one you want to choose that day. And so that's really what it's about. So, yeah.